Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island is powered by StreamYard. StreamYard, a live streaming studio right in your browser. The easiest way to create professional live streams. Check out StreamYard.com for more information. And by Anchor.fm. Anchor, it's an all-in-one platform where you can create, distribute, and monetize podcasts from any device 100% free. Everything you need is at Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. Good morning. It is Saturday, October 10th, 2020. Welcome to Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. Our very first true series premiere. Hopefully everyone tuned in last week. We did that cool little 20-minute preview episode where we kind of showed you everything that was going to happen over the course of the next weeks and months here on Sports World Weekly, and we come in today on our very true series premiere, and we have a great show in store for you today. We are going to break down groups A through D of the Champions League draw. That is four of the eight groups in the group stage play of the draw. We'll talk about some of the match days that are going to happen, a couple of big games that'll be there. Of course, next week, we will break down E through H for you as well. There are a lot of games that are uh, going to be very big for those groups as well too as it is a break in Europe this week for uh, all of the leagues in uh, relation to a FIFA international play day so there have been some international friendlies uh, that have gone on in advance of just preparing for the Olympics in Tokyo next year and everything so there are no Premier League games no Serie A games no La Liga games this week, just a uh, a week off and all that. However, if you were up this morning, the FAWSL, that is the Women's Premier League in England, a brilliant and brutal match between Tottenham and Manchester United uh, this morning. That game kicked off around 7 o'clock Eastern time uh, here in, in the U.S., uh, and that game also featured... Three American players, Alex Morgan, who currently plays for Tottenham, Kristen Press, and Tobin Heath as well, who are playing for Manchester United, who, of course, made news in the fact that when their jerseys went on sale by Manchester United, individually, they both landed in the top three in jersey sales in a three-day period following a signing for any Manchester United player, men's and or women's. So we've got a great show for you in store. We are going to get things started with breaking down what has just finished the FA Nürburgring Grand Prix, the Aramco Eiffel Grand Prix that just finished qualifying. So we'll uh, we'll break that down. This is Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network. Rhode Island.
Welcome into the show again. I'm Matthew Jolis, your host on Sports World Weekly, and we are going to get things started a little bit out of order from how we were normally going to do it. But as I said in the preview, and if you kind of saw things that I was posting on social media throughout the course of the week, we were going to come on air this morning right about as they were going to finish qualifying in Nürburgring for the Nürburgring Grand Prix which will be tomorrow, and it has been an absolutely insane qualifying that has just uh, completed checker flag flew, and Valtteri Botas, the number 77 from Mercedes, has the pole for tomorrow's start over his teammate Lewis Hamilton, who is in the championship lead right now and looking for what would be a seventh championship. He is also looking for a record 91st Formula One victory that would tie him with Michael Schumacher for the most in Formula One history. And if you think that Mercedes is an insane team and you've watched how they go against each other, Botas and Hamilton both, this just shows you how insane there potentially is between not just Mercedes, but also Red Bull as well too. Max Verstappen, the number 33 car from Red Bull, who has been one, two, three at some point all throughout the season with these guys. Here's their final times. Valtteri Bottas has the pole, 125.269. Lewis Hamilton will go off in second, 125.525. Max Verstappen in third, 125.562. They are separated. Bottas and Hamilton by three-tenths of a second. Hamilton and Verstappen by four one-hundredths of a second. It drops off there a little bit, though, to the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc. He will be in fourth. Alex Albon, Max Verstappen's teammate at Red Bull, will go off in fifth. Daniel Ricciardo, Ed, uh, Esteban Ocon, Lando Norris, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz round out the top 10. Sebastian Vettel continues his struggles as he goes off in 11th, he was eliminated in Q2. He will go off in 11th. Pierre Gasly in 12th. Danny Kvyat in 13th. Antonio Giovinazzi, who got out of Q1 for the first time in 2020, cannot find the speed. He goes off in 14th. Kevin Magnussen, Roman Grosjean. George Russell, who pulling into the pits after getting eliminated in Q1 said, not good enough. I'm not sure if he was talking about his lap himself and or he was just talking about the issues for the Williams team because his Williams teammate, Nicholas Latifi, will start right behind him in 18th, Kimi Raikkonen in 19th. And then the breaking news of the day is that Nico Hulkenberg will race the number 27 for Racing Point, and we will get into that in just a moment. Some issues uh, this morning with Lance Stroll. He was not able to make the start for qualifying. Uh, he did not make the FP3 this morning as well. And that was when things start to uh, trickle around the paddock area that there was potentially an issue for Racing Point. We have not gotten any firm details on it. We're trying to figure that out uh, at the moment. Hopefully we can get something of a statement from Racing Point on the situation regarding Lance Stroll, but he is out of the number 27 car for tomorrow's race. Nico Hulkenberg uh, was able to get to the track and get in play uh, in time. The one difference of why he was able to easily jump into the car, even though he had not gone through a practice session, is because in F1, qualifying is actually still considered a practice session. So the, the rules in the FIA are that you have to complete a practice session to be able to run the race. Uh, because the qualifying is considered a practice session, Hulkenberg was able to jump into the car simply for qualifying. He has driven that uh, racing point car already once this year. He took over for Sergio Perez, Checo, when Perez got uh, diagnosed with COVID earlier in the year, that turned out to be not much of an issue as Perez only missed one race. So he has been actually in the racing point car. A little bit of differences, though, uh, as they are into that last third of the season. Uh, party mode off on the engines and a few upgrades have been made to the cars. So it's going to handle a little bit differently for Hulkenberg than the 55 that he drove 
earlier, sorry, the 11 that he drove earlier in, uh, in this season, but what a surprising Q3 in Germany this morning, uh, Botas Hamilton versus Stappen literally separated by three tenths of a second between all three of those cars, a second back to Charles Leclerc and fourth. So watch the start tomorrow. If somebody spins their tires, it's going to be a very interesting situation, but uh crazy, crazy morning as we, uh, as we come on air. But as I said, we're going to break into champions league and the group stage play just about to get underway in a couple of weeks. And uh, the group of death award for this year, I think has to go to group one title holders, Bayern Munich, in group one, they have Atletico Madrid as uh, also in their group, but you have to look out for Aubrey Salzburg and Lokomotiv Moscow. There is not something to be said that just because we don't hear a lot about Salzburg and Moscow, that they're kind of weaker teams compared to a Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid. These are two teams that are very tricky. They will sneak up on you. And we saw what Salzburg's play was when they came back into the return to play, how they completed things in European competition as well in the 2019-2020 season. This will be the 2020-2021 season. So there is no favors that have been done here for Bayern Munich to be able to try to get a seventh championship and become a back-to-back cup winner, something that has not been done in a long time as they are stuck in that group A with Atletico Madrid, Salzburg, and Lokomotiv Moscow. The honorary Manchester City has the easiest draw again award goes to, well, of course, it's called the Manchester City has the easiest draw because Manchester City, seriously, how is it every year that Manchester City somehow finds a way to be able to easily get themselves out of the group stage into the round of 16 knockouts when you get a draw that has Porto, Olympiacos, and an Olympic Marseille team who is nowhere close to what they used to look like in League One. This is this is literally saying, here you go, we're going to put you in the, and, and I know, okay, it's random draw. If anybody watched it, yes, they put balls into a pot and then they stir it up and then they pull a ball out and they say, okay, here's the team. You don't know that this is going to happen, but there's just something weird that Manchester City keeps getting in this situation every single year. And so they get an easy run with Porto, Olympiacos, and Marseille in Group C. Back to the top of the screen there, Group B, Real Madrid has a fairly okay one against Shakhtar Donsk, Inter Milan, and Mönchengladbach. Mönchengladbach, I think, think is my team that's going to be the one to watch. And I will say this, in fact, because they were a very big surprise in how the restart came to be in the Bundesliga. They gave fits to Bayern Munich. They gave fits to Borussia Dortmund. They gave fits to a lot of other teams that they ended up having to play against. So Mönchengladbach is my team to watch, but I believe really ultimately at the end of it, I think Real Madrid and Inter Milan will end up finding a way to get out of Group B, but I'm not guaranteeing that. So don't go bet the money on that one because I'm not I'm not guaranteeing that one. And then Group D down there at the bottom, the Premier League champions Liverpool against Ajax, Atalanta, and Michelin. And the only team there that I can really say will give Liverpool any semblance of fits will be Ajax. Of course, there are two teams that get out of the group. So Liverpool just has to really take care of their business against Atalanta and Michelin, take care of their business in one leg of the two against Ajax, and they will get in. Ajax, of course, is the old guard of the Champions League all the way back to the European Cup Winners' Cup days when they were the team that seemingly could do it every single year and now seemingly just finds the way to be able to get into the Champions League every single year. But they have not reached the promised land in quite a while. They will see if they can change their European fortunes this year heading into the cup final, which hopefully will be in May and hopefully in Istanbul, Turkey, as is currently scheduled, of course, the Champions League was upset 
by the COVID-19 pandemic, which caused a massive delay and then a completely squished schedule towards the end, which, as we remarked last weekend, put Liverpool, uh, sorry, excuse me, Bayern Munich capturing the Champions League Cup just about uh, 50 so days ago. Now, Liverpool, of course, capturing the Premier League about 50 days ago as well. Bayern Munich capturing Bundesliga about 50 days ago as well. So this has been an absolutely wild season for European football. But we will see how things continue to go. You are watching the series premiere of Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. We are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And welcome back to Sports World Weekly on the Sports Face Network, Rhode Island. Matt Jealous with you here in the studios this morning as we are breaking down the Champions League play. And you can catch Sports World Weekly every Saturday at 10 a.m. right here on Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. We are breaking down the Champions League and the group stage play that is going on. Just uh, broke down all of the groups and what we think about the group matchups. And we'll take a look at some of the key matches in the group stage for groups A through D. Bayern's going to start their title defense on match day two. That'll be a way to Lokomotiv Moscow. Lokomotiv Moscow, as I mentioned, one of the teams that I think could potentially be a sneaky team in that group A for Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid, who are considered to be the two favorites. Mokin Gladbach, who was a surprise in the Bundesliga restart, as I mentioned, is going to probably prove fits for Real Madrid. Real Madrid, obviously a team that's in a bit of shakes right now. If you've been following how the La Liga season has been going, uh, not exactly the way that any of us thought the season was going to start off, um, especially with all of the absolute I don't even have an adjective to describe Barcelona anymore. Um, and I know that I'm going to get like absolutely throttled on social media by Barca fans. And, and, and Hey, I'm a Barca fan myself, so I, I can take the heat for saying this, but what in the world is the Barcelona management doing? First of all, Ron Koeman needs to go. He shouldn't even be the manager of FC Barcelona anymore. He's he, goodbye. Like this guy has never lasted more than two years at any club that he's ever met managed. He's never really actually succeeded. He couldn't succeed in the Premier League at Southampton. So how in the world do you expect him to take over one of the greatest clubs in European football history in Barcelona and be able to lead it the way that managers like Tato Martinez and Pep Guardiola and many others have? Like This made absolutely no sense for me from a hiring perspective of why in the world Komen got hired. But then he dispatches literally everybody and you have Messi left standing in the middle of a field going, okay, who the heck is still here? You dispatched everyone. You got rid of every single good player that Barcelona has had. Messi cannot play with a Barcelona B team and be able to succeed in La Liga. And that's not Messi's fault. And Messi wanted to leave too. Messi was on his way to reunite with Pep in Manchester City. And that whole debacle that is... Barcelona's management team couldn't even get that done right. So absolute messes around in, in Camp Nou in Barcelona. Premier League title holders, Liverpool, are going to look to see if they can change their European fortunes. They're going to open Group D play against Michelin, who is not really a team that will give any amount of threat to Liverpool, as I said, I think the game in Group D that's going to be the issue for them is going to be Liverpool against Ajax. Those two legs are going to decide really who's going to end up one and who's going to end up two, or potentially if Liverpool somehow loses both of them to Ajax, then 
Atalanta and Michelin could have a chance to sneak up. And on that note, what is going on with Liverpool right now? They have given up 12 goals in their last two matches. And Jurgen Klopp looks like he has completely lost the plot at Anfield. So I hope that this break that they have right now in European for European play because of the FIFA play days, because of national team friendlies, I honestly hope that somehow Klopp goes into his office with all of his coaches and they pull out the videos and they look at their analysis and they figure out what in the world is going on right now because they are absolutely off the rails. And if they don't correct this ship very quickly, they're going to find themselves way out of line in the Premier League. And that trophy that they you know, searched so long for lost property for 30 years, you know, as some of the banners at Anfield said, uh, will be lost again and maybe lost again for another 30 years. But um, also in speaking of Premier League and surprises of the Premier League season, I am going to give a big props to Marcella Bielsa and Leeds United. First time in 16 seasons back in the Premier League. It's Bielsa's third season in charge at Leeds, and what a phenomenal story he is writing. We saw this happen a couple of years ago with Leicester City when they came up and had that magical run to actually clinching a Premier League championship and all of the success that Jamie Vardy had with them. I have got to say, this is insane what is happening at Leeds United, and it is a credit to Marcello Bielsa and what he is doing with that team. And I hope it continues throughout the course of the season. Match day five on December 1st brings us a battle of championship contenders and likely will decide who will capture the one seed from group A. That is when Bayern Munich will have their stage game, their second stage game against Atletico Madrid. And that will likely decide it. Next week, we're going to break down E through H, look at the stage games there. There are some big ones in those groups because those are the groups that contain Manchester United, Paris Saint-Germain, Juventus, Barcelona. And we're going to look at some of the big games that are going to happen there, including the match that everyone has circled on their calendars. That's match day two on October 28th. And then the return leg on December 8th, which will be Barcelona against Juventus. They are in the same group this year. Barcelona against Juventus, Lionel Messi against Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. And that is going to be something that will be a shock. I think to see, because we look at those two games when you have Messi against Ronaldo, you know, when you, when Ronaldo was at Real Madrid and you had Messi against Ronaldo in La Liga twice a year and in, you know, Copa del Rey and, you know, and all those things. And we've lost that now that Ronaldo has gone off into Serie A at Juventus. So this is going to be huge for uh for them to be able to have that game again a messy against Ronaldo and for all things being yeah say whatever you want to say about Ronaldo yes let's just call it the two goats of soccer in Europe playing a game against each other you can say whatever you want to say about each player and the teams that they've had and what they've done and who they've played with and how many teams Teams say this, you have to recognize talent when there is talent and you've got to recognize it. Messi and Ronaldo, the two goats of European soccer, and they're going to play each other on match day two on October 28th, the return leg on December 8th. And that takes a look at Champions League for the group stage. And I've got to say, as exciting as European football is whether it's watching domestic play in Germany, in Spain, in Italy, in France, in England, when it comes to games like this, when it comes to the champions league, when it comes to Europa league, when it comes to the club world cup, to me, that is the most exciting thing that you will see because it is completely random. You don't know until they do the draw 
who's going to end up playing against each other. You don't know who's going to be in each group. You don't know who's going to end up playing against each other. You can have matchups that you hope for, but you don't know how it's going to land out. And I got to say, it has produced some amazing games because there are some times where you get a game against a team or team two teams that have never played each other, ever. And because of Champions League, we make that happen. And it is something that is exciting and different and is what makes European football absolutely so amazing. And I honestly hope that maybe someday we can end up with something. And yes, I know we have the CONCACAF Champions League that happens here in in the U.S. region that involves participants from Major League Soccer literally being whoever wins the U.S. Open Cup, who wins the MLS Championship. But it doesn't carry the same weight as UEFA Champions League. It doesn't have that stature and I would love to eventually see something like that really get itself to grow here in the U S but that's not going to happen. I mean, a global champions league and you can talk about the ICC, the, you know, that international champions cup tournament thing that we have and, and we're not there. It's, it's not close to what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a legitimate global Champions League. And the only way that we're going to actually end up getting that is if as a nation, the United States and Canada, and pretty much for that being said, the CONCACAF region, which is the, the North America, South America, Caribbean continental region, finally gets its head screwed on straight and joins the rest of the world in aligning the schedule with the FIFA schedule. And we play our season as in the MLS when all of the rest of the leagues play their seasons as well. We don't play off. And people are going to say, well, but you can't play games in Minnesota in December. You can't play games in Salt Lake City in December. You can't play games here. You can't play games there. And it's crazy because if you think about it, they play games in England in December. The Premier League plays on Christmas Day. It snows in London. It snowed in the middle of games in Germany. It snows in Russia. And all these, it snows a ton in Russia, by the way. And all of these teams play through this. And they don't have domed stadiums. They don't have heated seats. They don't have crazy, you know, retractable roofs or anything like that. They play through this. So if the rest of the world can be on a schedule that makes sense, why can't we here in the U.S.? Why cannot, why can the MLS not? get itself aligned with the rest of the world. And people will then try to say, oh, but it'll be television. You know, like they will, people won't watch the MLS games if it's the same time as the Premier League games. Not the same time because we're off on the time difference too. So think about it in that respect. You can still have Manchester United against Tottenham at eight o'clock in the morning and then be able to have New England Revolution against New York Red Bulls at three o'clock in the afternoon. There's no conflict between the two. And sure, MLS in its current iteration, where it currently sits on the schedule, definitely does fill a quote unquote void. They wouldn't be going up against NFL football. They wouldn't be going up against college football. They wouldn't be going up against anything, but the MLS goes up against major league baseball. They go up against any other events that happen in the spring and the summertime. They go up against NASCAR and IndyCar and F1 and the triple crown, which by the way, if you did not watch the Preakness stakes last weekend, you missed out one crazy race 
That is probably the best triple crown finish I have ever seen in history that I've been alive. Obviously, we can talk about Secretariat and all those, but this was the most exciting triple crown finish that I have seen in a long time. And Swiss Skydiver getting the win, a Philly beating the boys on the dirt in Pimlico was phenomenal. I was so thrilled to be able to get a chance to watch that race. But MLS, get your head in gear. Let's get on the line with the rest of the FIFA world. We're going to take a quick break. You're watching Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. Welcome back. You are watching Sports World Weekly on Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. Matthew Jolis with you here. And we came on the air today uh, immediately as the qualifications for the F1 Eiffel GP at Nürburgring in Germany completed. We talked about the insanity that was that final. Botas 1, Hamilton 2, Verstappen 3, literally separated by three by three-tenths of a second from each other, uh, Botas and Hamilton separated by four one hundredths of a second, an, an absolutely insane checker flag finish to Q3 this morning as they get set for the race tomorrow. Uh, that race will kick off. I believe it is an early start time tomorrow. I think we, I think they go off. I think it is green lights at 8 AM tomorrow, um, which is, uh, about an hour earlier than we usually see. Uh, the European races, check the ticker below uh, as it's scrolling by there. F1 Aramco Eiffel Grand Prix, Sunday, 8 a.m. ESPN. Uh, and some breaking news this morning as we came on air um, regarding Racing Point and Lance Stroll. Stroll did not show up for FP3 this morning, uh, which was the free practice three. That is the final of three practice sessions. This also would have been the first practice session though, this weekend that the teams would have actually been able to get on the track in conditions that were favorable to being able to drive uh, FP one and FP two yesterday were actually scrubbed out due to intense rain in the Nürburgring region of Germany that made the track basically undrivable. Uh, F1 cars do have what are called slicks or uh, wet surface tires that they can be able to drive in the rain on, uh, especially because they are on road courses that while they do have undulations, uh, do not have the degree banking that we see in some of the IndyCar and NASCAR races. Uh, it, is in, it is always a road course race, whether it is on a ring track uh, like what we see in Germany here or on the street courses uh, that we see in a lot of other races. Uh, so they do have those wet surface tires, those slick tires, but uh, the FIA just determined, the race stewards determined that uh, the rain was a little too much uh, and that it was a safety concern to visibility for the drivers. Uh, therefore, they scrubbed uh, FP1 and FP2 yesterday. So uh, FP3 this morning ahead of qualifying was the only practice session that was available. Lance Stroll did not show up for FP3. Uh, Racing Point then uh, determined that he was unwell and unable to race. They were able to get in contact with Nico Hulkenberg. Nico Hulkenberg, former F1 driver who is currently retired uh, from the sport, has just been doing spot fills uh, like this. Uh, as we mentioned, filled in for Racing Point uh, earlier this year when Checo Perez was diagnosed with COVID-19, had to sit out a race, then went through the two negatives before he was allowed to get uh, back in. Hulkenberg uh, was able to answer the call, uh, lives very nearby to um, the Nürburgring 
track uh, was able to get in and was able to get out in that car for qualifying. He did not get through Q1, uh, so he will start 20th overall uh, for the race and he will take over that racing point has released a statement uh, in regards to Nico Hulkenberg saying, yes, he knows the track. He now has driving experience of a 2020 car, specifically the racing point, as mentioned, he served in that seat for Checo Perez, but he hasn't driven since August. The car has been upgraded since then add in. It's a green track and no practice time to get used to the tires. And this is a huge challenge for Hulkenberg, arguably bigger than the one he faced earlier this season when he was an 11th hour replacement for Perez, at least this time around, he was able to take part in practice sessions before qualifying. So that is something that for Hulkenberg uh, is a little bit of a benefit to him. As we mentioned, he will go off at the back of the grid at 20th, simply because of his qualifying position, not a grid penalty or anything in relation there. So Hulkenberg goes off 20th. That race starts tomorrow at 8 a.m. Some other interesting news out of F1. The Grand Prix racing will return to Portugal for the first time since 1996. Formula One has added races in Porto Mayo and at the classic circuits of Imola to the schedule. Those are going to come up. The Algarve International Circuit in Porto Mayo will play host to the Portuguese Grand Prix on October 23rd through the 25th, uh, two weeks following tomorrow's Eiffel Grand Prix at the Nürburgring in Germany. And a week on from that historic race in Portugal, because that will be the first ever race uh, at the Algarve International Grand Prix in Porto Mayo. Um, a week on from that race, the Autodroma Enzo Dino Ferrari in Imola, will uh, reverberate once again to the sound of F1 engines. The Emilia Romana Grand Prix, it's going to be a two-day race. So a doubleheader event. Uh, the exact format of the Imola weekend yet to be agreed upon, but it is expected there will be one FP session ahead of qualifying and the race. Um, so that will incorporate each day. That is the first time since 2006 and 2013 respectively, that Imola and Nürburgring, which hosts tomorrow, has hosted an F1 Grand Prix. And of course, as we mentioned, the very first ever race for the Algarve International Circuit in Porto Mayo on F1. That will bring the schedule to 13 races, uh, which will be uh, completed this is a revised schedule. Uh, they expect to try to add uh, at least two to potentially as many as five more races. Uh, they're going to stretch the season a little bit. So the expectations is that uh, we will be in Dubai uh, for the traditional finish of the season, either Dubai or Abu Dhabi uh, for the traditional finish of the season in mid-December. Final details of the calendar will be out in the upcoming weeks, uh, but it is ongoing developments uh, as COVID-19 pandemic is still um, an issue. They have to work around local restrictions, the importance of keeping communities and personnel safe. FIA has said there is no way under any circumstances, even though there are technically three months left in the season, that they will be going to, the, to Brazil, the United States, Mexico, or Canada uh, this year. So no F1 races uh, in Texas this year or in Indianapolis, uh, potentially, which has already hosted the Indy 500 and two uh, Indy Harvest GP races and also a NASCAR uh, event as well. Chase Carey, chairman and CEO of Formula One, said, we are pleased that we continue to make strong progress in finalizing our plans for the 2020 season and are excited to welcome Nürburgring tomorrow, Porto Mayo and Imola to the revised calendar. We want to thank the promoters, the teams and the FIA for their full support in our efforts to bring our fans exciting racing this season during an unprecedented time and pay tribute to our incredible partners in the Americas and look forward to being back with them next season when they will once again be able to thrill millions of fans around the world. Of course, Brazil, U.S., Mexico, and Canada 
have been four of the highest attended races on an F1 calendar in recent years. And it's surprising for a race that does not feature a single American driver. There is yet so much popularity around F1 here in the U.S. And hopefully, maybe one day, we will get uh, an, an American driver back into uh, F1 circuit. We know that we're going to have a very interesting development to IndyCar racing next year as a multi-time NASCAR champion, Jimmy Johnson, who announced he's retiring from NASCAR at the end of this season, has signed with Chip Ganassi Racing. He will race at least seven races next year for Chip Ganassi in the IndyCar circuit. Most likely those will be all the road course races uh, that will happen. Um, however, when asked the question about the Indy 500, which Johnson has familiarity with that track, having raced both the Indianapolis road course races and the Brickyard 400 for NASCAR. Uh, he has a lot of familiarity with that track. So there is nothing, he said there is nothing out of question about the possibility of racing the Indy 500. So we will see how that one breaks apart. We're going to take one more break here on Sports World Weekly Road on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. Welcome back once again to Sports World Weekly on Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. Matthew Jolis with you here. We have taken you through the UEFA Champions League and broken down groups A through D. We will break down groups E through H next week, which feature Manchester United and Paris Saint-Germain, uh, also Juventus and Barcelona. So a lot of really great matchups uh, that are going to come across and there. Got you updated on the breaking news regarding F1 and the Eiffel GP. Lance Stroll from Racing Point out for tomorrow's race. Uh, he is ill. That is all the report that we have gotten so far from Racing Point. Uh, if anything further comes out over the course of the day, we will update you that on that. Follow us on all of SFBNRI's social medias, whether it is Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, we will constantly be making sure that we push all of the updates for breaking news going on and give you an update on how the F1 schedule looks going forward after tomorrow's race from Nürburgring. Uh, they go to Portugal for Porto Mayo and then to Imola in Italy. Sports World Weekly is available on Sports Fan Base Network Rhode Island each and every Saturday. We will come on air to you at 10 a.m., a one-hour show from 10 to 11, get you updated on all of the amazing events that have happened over in Europe in the night beyond, and then get you set for the day here in the U.S. as well, because we cannot forget how amazing the sports world here is in the United States. I want to take a moment uh, just to pause and remember a legend of baseball that we lost uh, just the other night as we all found out the news yesterday officially. Uh, New York Yankees pitcher Whitey Ford passed away at the age of 91, uh, peacefully and calmly uh, at his home watching his beloved New York Yankees taking on the Tampa Bay Rays in game four four of the ALDS. Uh, of course, Whitey Ford played his 16-year career, uh, all of it, with the New York Yankees, was one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the game of baseball. A six-time World Series champion won the Cy Young Award in 1961. He was part of 12 American League Championship Series teams for the New York Yankees, and one of the greatest batteries in baseball history between himself on the mound and that of Yogi Berra, uh, another Yankees legend behind the plate. And I had a chance this morning to uh, just spend some time talking uh, with my dad who actually grew up in New York city um, and uh, grew up just blocks away from the original Yankee stadium. And he talked about how 
impressive it was to just be able to be alive and around in that time of getting to be able to see Whitey Ford play, getting to see him pitch as he sat out in the bleachers uh, in the original Yankee Stadium. And uh, and then, of course, all of the remarks that are coming out from around the baseball writers community uh, about just Whitey Ford, the kind of gentleman that he was, uh, how he stayed involved in the sport going throughout the years and uh, and players that he helped develop and bring into the game and and some even amazing things. He was down in Florida uh, with the Yankees and uh, he was asked to go check out a pitcher, you know, go have a catch with this pitcher that the Yankees were looking at. And um, he, you know, went out, had a catch with this pitcher, uh, comes back in. And, and uh, at that time, the Steinbrenners, you know, so, you know, George Steinbrenner is still alive at this point. And uh, Steinbrenner and Brian Cashman and and many others in the Yankees organization uh, look at him and say, well, what do you think? And he says, I have to go ice my hand. Uh, You know, he had never had a pitcher throw heat like that before. And the pitcher that he was talking about was Mariano Rivera, who then ends up going on to being one of the best closers, not just in Yankees history, but in the history of baseball uh, as well, too. So an absolutely just amazing man. And we lost a legend. Uh, of baseball, a legend of sports, and a legend of society uh, the other night as uh, Whitey Ford passed away at the age of 91. Chaos is probably the word you can use to describe the NFL this weekend. Uh, Multiple games this weekend shifted around. Bills vs. Titans will now be on Tuesday night. Uh, That game will take place uh, for the first time that the NFL has had a game on Tuesday night since 2010 uh and so there will be a tuesday night game bills versus titans the patriots game this weekend has been shifted as well uh the patriots now playing back to back on monday nights that game or monday afternoon this week around uh patriots will now play the broncos that game has been moved to monday at 5 p.m that game will be on espn uh that is due to the extra positive test. We already knew about the one with Cam Newton. However, now cornerback Stefan Gilmore has also tested positive as long as there there was also a Patriots staff member who has tested positive uh, as well too. So the Patriots have three positive tests. We are still waiting to find out if we get the PCR negative times two tests for Cam Newton. If that is the case, there is possibility Cam Newton still could be considered active for Monday night's game. Otherwise, Jared Stidham will get the full start at quarterback for the Patriots um, after what a lot of people said was a bit of a debacle uh, of Brian Hoyer. Uh, The Patriots again had a quasi botched up week uh, regarding practice. So we're not sure exactly how even that's going to look with things next week. Um, or Monday night per se. Uh, so we'll see how that goes next week's schedule completely all off the rails already. Uh, bills and chiefs were expected to play on Thursday, but because of the bills Titans game getting moved to Tuesday, uh, the bills chiefs game has now actually been moved to a Sunday afternoon game. So, uh, Thursday night football is now sitting wide open. We have no game, uh, currently set on Thursday night. And so the question is then asked, should the NFL consider a bubble for the playoffs? And the answer is yes, 100%. Roger Goodell and the NFL executive committee need to consider a bubble for the playoffs. And if you look at this, look at the NBA, look at the WNBA who have their entire season in a bubble. You look at MLS and the NWSL and what they did with their MLS's back tournament and the challenge cup tournament. If you look at major league baseball, what they are doing right now with their teams in the playoffs in a bubble. And if you look at the NHL and what they did in Toronto and Edmonton, the absolute answer is yes. Put the AFC in one place, put the NFC in one place, split it. If you have to look at major league baseball right now on the NHL, uh, you can split it and then bring it all together. But absolutely. I think that the playoffs for the NFL need to be in a bubble. How that works out uh, is something to be you know, said and figured out obviously by the higher ups, I think you could possibly look at whether or not, uh, the wild card games, and then maybe say perhaps the division round games get held at team sites. And then you bring everybody into a bubble 
for the AFC NFC championship games and then the Super Bowl. Um, you know, there, there there's a lot of things that can be thrown up on the board. A lot of ideas how that can all be handled. They have started talking about whether or not there is a potential uh, desire to bubble teams for the college football playoffs instead of having the two semifinal games be uh, at separate bowl sites, have them potentially be at the site of the national championship game, and then see if they can uh, just pull off semifinal one, semifinal two on a Saturday, Sunday per se, and then pull off the uh, championship game in the following week, and then just keep the players uh, all there. So we will see a lot of things that have to be worked out for uh, the NFL there. College football, big games today, 19th ranked Virginia Tech going up against number nine UNC and then number 13 Auburn against Arkansas and then the triple whammy of games tonight. Number five Notre Dame in the battle royale uh, that is always anytime and this time it matters even more because it is an ACC game. Uh, the battle royale between Notre Dame and the Florida State Seminoles. Some great games in the history of that rivalry between those two squads. And this time it has a little bit more on the line as it counts for a conference victory. Number two, Alabama. Uh, we are talking about this one because it is just Alabama and because they are ranked second right now, but they are in an SEC battle against Ole Miss. And we'll see if uh, Mississippi has anything to do. Of course, Lane Kiffin who used to be an assistant coach at Alabama, uh, now the head ball coach uh, there. So we'll see how that game uh, goes out to play. And then the game that I think everyone has circled right now is number one Clemson against number seven Miami. Is Miami really that good? Are they really truly worthy of that number seven ranking? We'll see what they can do against Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson Tigers. That is the triple whammy of games that all kick off at 7.30. Hey, let's talk about the MLB playoffs for a second and the Tampa Bay Rays. What a surprise they have been uh, and the way that they got through things and what a battle last night against the New York Yankees. Tampa Bay on to the American League Championship Series. They will take on the Houston Astros, the team that nobody thought was going to even make the playoffs, let alone be in the ALCS, of course, because they were embroiled in all of the controversy surrounding the video and signs and banging on uh, drums and trash cans and all sorts of stuff in the dugout uh, for sign stealing signals, uh, an absolute crazy thing. But hey, we, we here we are, you know, here we are as 2020 and it's uh, it's Tampa and the Houston Astros. In the ALCS, of course, on the flip side, in the NLCS, you've got the Los Angeles Dodgers and the upstart Atlanta Braves. And this is one thing to be said. Don't sleep on the Braves, please. I think there's a possibility that the Dodgers might not walk this one through. Um, I'm not going to make my pick yet on this one. So follow Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to see what goes on there. You can follow all of us on SFBN Rhode Island's Facebook pages, go to facebook.com slash SFBNRI. You can also follow us on Twitter at SFBN underscore RI and also on Instagram as well too. You can follow me and everything that I'm up to and everything going on for Sports World Weekly on Twitter as well at Matt Jolis, M-A-T-T-J-O-L-L-E-S. I'm also on Instagram as well at M-A-T-T-J-O-L-L-E-S as well at Matt Jolis. Um, so follow me on Instagram and Twitter and see where I am and what's going on and what's coming up on Sports World Weekly next week. So that is our show for week one, the series premiere of Sports World Weekly. Thank you so much to everyone who has tuned in today on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, on Periscope, on whatever network you've been on and the way you've been able to stream us. All of our shows will be available on those platforms on demand. If you didn't get a chance to catch the show today, we hope that you can catch it later. If you haven't been able to see all of it and 
We will also have all of the audio from these shows as well available on demand as two. You can be able to get those on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts, Alexa, Google devices, wherever you can basically get a podcast. Just search for Sports World Weekly and you can get the audio for each and every show as well. When we come on air next week, we will go through the second half of the Champions League draw. We will talk about the games of the week in Europe in soccer as it will not be an international break day. So we will have uh, Premier League, Serie A La Liga games uh, to go on. We will get you set for the Porto Mayo Grand Prix in Algarve region of Portugal. And we will also find out what is going on with the NFL. Are we in the midst of seeing a pandemic break apart the NFL season? Or is this just a blip that occurred over the last two weeks and things are going to go on from there? Uh, we will see how that all breaks down and then we will get you set, of course, always for the week ahead in sports. An absolute amazing day of games ahead in college football. There is an amazing day of games ahead in the NFL tomorrow. And don't forget, I, I almost forgot this one. There's another NBA game to go. We've got game six. Tomorrow night, the Miami Heat won last night. I woke up this morning to the Miami Heat have beaten the Lakers at the buzzer, literally, and forced game six. So this is not over yet. The, the Miami Heat have won, and there is going to be a game six in the NBA Finals. So we've still got basketball to play. We've still got that to, to figure out. Don't forget to tune in to Sports Fan Base Network Rhode Island every single day. We pretty much have a show every single day right now. Monday kicks it off with Play Like a Girl. And of course, uh, it was a privilege and a pleasure to be on Titletown Throwdown this past Thursday, just a couple of days ago with Nick LeBlanc as we got a chance to talk about uh, the NHL draft, the Boston Bruins, where we thought everything was going to go with that and looking ahead at the uh, Patriots game for this weekend and the NFL games of the week. Thank you so much to Nick and everyone at Titletown Throwdown for letting me get to be a part of that show. Of course, there's also Roadie Sports Show and MMA Complete. And we also have, of course, always the Ocean State Athlete Spotlight. And we break outside of sports every so once in a while for Political Goat. Felix, great show, man. Love it. Absolutely love it. I, I It's so much fun to be able to see something other than sports. We, we eat, sleep, breathe, and live sports through all of the hours of our life. So 23 hours of the day, I'm doing sports. And one hour of the day, I get a chance to sit down and let's listen to some politics. What's going on down in Florida? Tune into the Tom Gronkowski show. And then, of course, uh, the Yankees are out now. So I'm excited to see what Evil Empire has to say this week about the beloved Yankees. Uh, they are not going to the ALCS and it is yet another year without that elusive. And we can, I think, add that word elusive now into the Yankees. And that's a bit of a shocking thing to say. Um, that elusive World Series championship that, uh, that the Yankees are trying to get. So we'll see how that all comes to play. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you all right back here on next Saturday at 10 a.m. You've been listening to Sports World Weekly on the Sports Fan Base Network, Rhode Island. I'm Matthew Jealous. Stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, socially distance. We'll get through this together. We'll all be in a stadium together very soon. For all of us here at SFBN Rhode Island, everybody here at Sports World Weekly, have a great weekend. See ya.